So hello good people of the internet, it is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures in Woo Woo. So welcome to another episode. I'm not sure how well this will come out, because I'm beginning to have a problem. And one of my problems is that uh, I can't find anywhere that's quiet. And I can't find anywhere where I won't be disturbed, so I have to come out into fields. And even though I'm pretty much surrounded by fields, there's traffic just there, there's traffic just there, there's a building site behind me. It's just so hard to find uh, somewhere where there isn't people. I often think how, you know, years ago when people go, oh, I'm off to live in a cave. I go, why did you live in a cave 2,000 years ago? Nothing was happening. Go live in a cave now, because the distractions are just ridiculous. I'm not sure I'd like to live in a cave though, because, you know, <laughs> It doesn't have Wi-Fi, it doesn't have video cameras, it doesn't have the internet. But apart from like joking aside and all that, I do find the attraction of getting away from everything. So I'm thinking seriously about doing something like one of those retreats where you just, you know, you go and you just don't talk to people and people aren't allowed to talk to you. <laughs> it's the hermit in me, it's the antisocial in me. It's actually, it's probably more than likely the human hating in me. Anyway, in this episode, I'm going to talk a bit about what I believe magic, how magic works, why it works. And then I'm going to talk a bit about uh, street photography, about that me and my friend Enda went out on a trip to Dublin. And then, uh, that's it. If, you ha if you're a patron though, you'll get the study notes, which is another 20 minutes where we talk about Libra Null at the end of the podcast. So uh, yeah, stick around. So I wanted to talk about this week is um, the whole idea of how I think magic works. And I mean, there's plenty of ideas and there's plenty of people who have different ideas about what is the agency of magic or what is it the thing that makes it actually work. Going all from things like the spirit model, where it's spirits are making happen, to, you know, it's the ingredients themselves of magical kind of traits, such as in things like hoodoo. Other people think it's a psychological model. And to a large extent, the kind of, today, and the last while I've been pretty much in the psychological model the whole time. And it's a working hypothesis. I'm not sure if it's fully where I land ultimately, but it's where I am now. You see, I don't think anyone, be they rationalist, magician, occultist, or just normal man on the street, would dispute the fact that what we believe about the world, or how we view the world, or what we think is true about the world, um, affects our reality. The difference between a chaos magic kind of view and say a rationalist view would be that rationalists would only think that you're just colouring the world, that you're seeing it through your own reality tunnel, that um, in a sense that you see things as you want to see them but it doesn't change the intrinsic truth about, the, about reality, that it's just kind of you seeing things the way that your views, opinions and beliefs about the world make them but it doesn't change reality. Whereas from a chaos magic point of view, while we agree with all that and believe that we all have our own reality tunnels and our beliefs and no matter where you go, there you are because you bring all that stuff with you, all your baggage, all the shadows, all that kind of thing. There's an extra bit in chaos magic which would suggest that not only does, you know, do our beliefs affect our coloured world, but we also change reality in a sense of changing other people, 
other circumstances and the world out there. You see, from my perspective, which is not really a full Chaos Magic perspective, I guess, it's just my opinion, I don't really think there is an out there out there. You know, I don't think there is an ultimate kind of truth out there. And Chaos Magic does specifically say that nothing is true, therefore everything is permissible or everything is permitted. But if there's no out there, out there, if it's just a stream of consciousness, if it's just Maya, if it's just a dream, if it's just a matrix, if it's just a simulation, or whatever metaphor we have for whatever we think this is, then our thoughts and our beliefs can have an effect on the world out there. It's the materialists who think that out there, out there exists separate from them. Why don't? I think it's all within consciousness. We're in a field of consciousness, a focus of consciousness, within a greater field of consciousness. So magic works because of the belief of the magician. And if we are consciousness, a point of consciousness within a greater consciousness, then by changing our consciousness, we are changing the connected consciousness that we all are abiding within, or all living within, or depending on how Gnostic you want to get, perhaps trapped within. So by changing who you are, how you behave, how you view the world, and you know, getting rid of your shadow stuff by changing, you know, get, getting rid of your bad habits or improving or aiming towards becoming a better person. And then changing your mind about your limiting beliefs. And then because of all of those changes within you, the world around you starts to change. And not just because you have decided to look at things different. It's not that you've decided that I'm only going to see the good things about my spouse and therefore focus only on the good things and think that your spouse has changed when, effect, when in effect she hasn't changed at all. He or she hasn't changed at all or behavior. It's just your opinion. Chaos Magic would suggest that uh, changing your opinion changes them too or changes circumstances in your favor or, your, or not your favor. So when we as Chaos Magicians say launch a sigil or work with a servitor or or use a mantra or do some sort of say spell or a ritual or something. From my perspective, what we're doing is changing our consciousness or using these tools or these hacks or these implements, these magical items to change our own consciousness, which in turn changes the consciousness of the universe or the field within. And all of the ingredients of these things are boosters or um, just ways that we get more, you know, power into our beliefs as kind of like a booster pack towards our beliefs. I don't believe necessarily that the ingredients of a spell, say, are inherently magic. It's more that they make us feel more magical and put us in a magical place and make us feel like we're more powerful or more magic or wizardy or whatever it is. And of course, this is nothing new. This is not a new idea. Like, going back even a hundred years, you had new thought, which said that, you know, thoughts create reality or thoughts create things. And you know, going back and back, you can see that this idea has come up and down. And if you believe the secret, then it's been hidden from us, which, you know, is not true. It's like it's always been about and that kind of idea. Speaking of the secret then, people often ask then about chaos magic, how is it any different from say the law of attraction or something like that? And it's a good question because it's something that I certainly asked when I came across chaos magic because it felt different, there was a different kind of aura to it. And I didn't know if that was just aesthetics or not, or if that was just, you know, people, you know, taking the law of attraction and trying to make it a bit edgy, whatever. And what I kind of came up with in the end is that the law of attraction and the secrets and new thought, mostly the law of attraction kind of stuff, is about getting stuff. So it would come under the kind of thing of low magic. It's about getting the stuff, getting the car, getting paying, you know, the mortgage, getting the, 
the boyfriend, the girlfriend, whatever it is, attracting material sense or stuff in a material sense or you know in a, things. Whereas Chaos Magic while it has that, also has this kind of ascension part of it, which is the high magic thing. It's the evolution of yourself. It's the ascension towards mastery of yourself. You know, soul evolution, becoming the master, becoming the ascended person, going up through the different stages, crossing the abyss, and becoming, you know, the grand, grand wizard in the end. The thing, you know, at the end goal. And I think that's kind of separated from law of attraction, um, chaos magic proper. Like I said at the beginning, it's just a working hypothesis. It's not something that I hold firmly onto or something that um, I need to be true. It works and that's why I use it and I'm happy enough. And that's the great thing about Chaos Magic is that it's belief as a tool where you get to choose your beliefs, even believing that believing is magic. And maybe this time next year, I'll have a completely different outlook or in 10 years time, in five years time. And great because Chaos Magic allows for that and it allows for the possibility of all of these different ideas to work or to uh, manifest itself the whole thing is that if it works then it's good enough or it's good or it's true in whatever we want true to be and while thinking that beliefs is uh, the agency of magic mightn't be as woo woo as you know some of the other things I think it's kind of it's one that we can definitely see in action and it's one that we can definitely go along with further than many of the other things, no matter what kind of background you have or what sort of thinking you have or what kind of mind you have, we definitely colour the world and change the world by what we believe. It's just to what extent that is. And that's going to be up to the individual to decide on that. But for me right now, I really do think that not only does changing my mind colour the world, it changes the world. Like I was saying last week, what I want to have uh, on the show every week is what, one section of the show is something to do with art or creativity or those type of things. And just to um, not only encourage that myself, so it gives me a project to do every week that involves something creative and artistic, but also hopefully in some way to encourage other people to be, you know, create, create, creative, excuse me, and artistic and that kind of thing. So this week I'm going to talk a bit about uh, street photography and a recent outing I had with my friend Enda. So last Saturday we, myself and Enda, got up early, much to the chagrin of Enda who didn't really want to get up that early on Saturday morning, being that it's usually his uh, lie-in day. But we did, we went up to Dublin and uh, we just went around and uh, got some photos. <laughs> have been following the podcast or the blog for a while will know that I got a camera a proper camera um, for my 40th birthday which is about a year and a half ago half ago now and it was kind of proper life-changing thing to get this it was something that um, I've originally got just for um, the likes of videoing stuff you know for YouTube and stuff that I was doing at the time and then it quickly moved into that the photography thing kind of sparked a fire within me and I got really into it you know um, in a large way not even just you know taking pictures but also getting into the history of it and the technicalities and all of that type of thing and I really started you know in a sense almost obsessing about it in, a, in you know in the best possible way 
And one of the elements of photography that I really enjoy is street photography. And the idea behind that is that you just go out and uh, onto the streets and take photos of, uh, you know, people or places or to kind of interesting things and it's there's a very steep learning curve on it in a sense in that um you can ferry you know you you go through all the mistakes that everyone else to start street photography does you know the different things like uh taking you know photos that aren't really street photography just people on the street whatever because there is a kind of a thing about street photography which is almost a bit like that old saying about porn is i can't really tell you what it is but i know it when i see it but you can definitely tell when you're doing it wrong and you see if you go into a lot of the facebook street photography groups and stuff you can instantly see people who are just you know like taking snapshots of like people crossing roads or these kinds of things and there's more to it than that there's a subtlety to that there's more um it's not just taking random pictures of people on the street. There's kind of, you're trying to tell a story or you're trying to, you know, put something in a, a situation or have a kind of a, a contrast between two things. So it's more than just walking down the street, snap, 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 taking snapshots or whatever. And the good thing about um, myself and Enda going as a team uh, it's on the street is um, that you'd be, you know, the first thing people would ask is, do you not end up getting the same photos? You know, if you're walking around the streets together, do you not end up, you know, photoing the same people? And we don't really m most of the time. Like at the odd time, we will photo the same thing, but we have very different views of our kind of tastes when it comes to what we like. And uh, Enda is much more uh, likes to see, you know. The street, the, 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 you know, a person, but in situ of the street, but surrounded by um, the actual, you know, um, the circumstances of the street or thing going on. You know, he likes the buildings, the, t the room, if, you know, if you're in a room or whatever. Whereas I'm much more interested on in the character themselves and I get closer into people and I'm much more interested in the humanness apart from the, you know, the, the actual street, if you want. Whereas for Enda, it's very much he needs to, or wants, or desires, or likes the stuff that's you know has the um, the person and the surroundings or whatever. So even if we end up taking a photo of the same person, it always ends up as a very different photo because of our approach to it. My kind of approach and what I, I like is I'm, I'm into the people and the, the humanity of it, but there's a kind of a it's almost as if it's a stolen shot out of someone's life, and I can't, I don't like when that's happy. I don't like when it's um, kind of frivolous, or whatever. I like kind of a solemnness to it, or pictures that have a gravity to it, like there's a story, almost as if there's a sadness to it, or um, but definitely like it's all the, the kind of emotion to it, as if people have this sort of like a, a weight to them or whatever, which might be slightly depressing, but like it, it, there's this kind of seriousness that comes with it that I really like. And I think I get an awful lot of that from uh, my favorite photographer, who's Anton Corbine. 
and he did an awful lot of music uh, photography for magazines and uh, album covers and stuff like that. He, you'd probably know him from, he did an awful lot of U2 stuff, Depeche Mode stuff, Metallica, all those type of things. So you doubt, you know, uh, Tom Waits, Bruce Springsteen. So you definitely know some of his photos, whether or not you know he did them or not. And even though he's quite a funny character and he um, doesn't, you know, in a sense, doesn't take himself very seriously, his photos are very serious and, you know, they're very solemn or whatever. And I like that. And that's something I try to bring to my street photography where he's doing it in a kind, kind of setup, you know, kind of as band photography is. But I'm trying to bring that to a street kind of sensibility, if you want, as well. I also tried to bring a kind of cinematic quality to it, where they could, the photos could be kind of like uh, stills from a movie, which is kind of like, go back to, it's like this, this stolen moment where you're kind of trying to get a piece of someone's story and it's in, but hinting at the larger kind of outcome of their life or the larger sphere of their life or what's going on. It's just that moment that you've got from a bigger story. So like the still from a film is something that I like the idea of because although you can get an awful lot of storytelling in that one still, you know there's a whole story, you know there's the whole rest of the film to it. I also like things where you have echoes or you have things that line up with each other. Like there's a photo, this photo, which you can see that you know the, 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 the man and the mannequin are kind of doing the same pose and that's kind of kind of interesting and has this nice echo as well. Here's another one from Saturday where you can see that the, um, the heads kind of line up and they're similar in kind of look or whatever enough that there's some kind of a nice symmetry to it or whatever which I find very pleasing. But they, you know, they can be hard to come across you don't get an awful lot of them because you know it just doesn't happen that, that kind of often but when they do they're really nice to, to, to find and to, and to use. really like about street photography is it's almost like you're out hunting you know like big game hunting or whatever only you're hunting you know art you're hunting photos you're hunting people and uh, which is it and really does feel like that in some ways like it's out, like to the point that people you know there's like youtube channels of people doing street photography called street hunters and you know it is a, a kind of a known thing but it, it is something that it certainly feels like you're on the hunt and when you get you know a good kill or a good photograph it, uh, you know, it feels, it's, it's very rewarding in that kind of way. But also, obviously, you know, it has its dangers, if you want, because you, you, you can annoy people by taking photos. I certainly don't like my photo being taken. And I, if I came across someone taking a photo of me in the way I take other people, I, I can't say that I would have, um, you know, it wouldn't please me or whatever. I wouldn't now, knowing an awful lot about street photography, I wouldn't have an issue with it in that sense, but I wouldn't, I prefer it not to happen. So that's always in the back of my mind that, um, I understand that people don't like it. And if someone ever says, and it happened on Saturday, someone said, they could take a photo of me. And, uh, you know, if there's any kind of altercation, I'd just delete the photo. Even if it's a great photo, i just delete the photo because it's just, I understand from their point of view that it is, in a sense, it's an invasion. And um, it's just easy to delete the photo. It's only photography, you know, at the end of the day. It's not, it's not life or death. And uh, I think that having the respect of, you know, going to this, doing going into it having the respect of people or your respect for people is, is quite healthy you see a lot of people who have this thing of that you take the photo and ask for you know the, the permission later and all that kind of thing it's hard to know and the legality of it is a bit odd too as well depending on who you ask the thing that comes down to this is that if it's not legal then the paparazzi would be all out of jo uh, jobs you know it's like kind of that thing it, the kind of it comes down to this and this is my understanding of it is that if 
you can take a photo anywhere in public where, per where a person is under no kind of idea that he's any privacy you know that there's no kind of if you're standing on the main street in a city it's not a private area or whatever but even the law into that can be that you can be standing on public land taking a photo into a private residence and stuff i wouldn't do that now but i think legally there is kind of precedence for that as well i also don't like taking photos of children just because it seems weird and it's odd and i wouldn't like it again and it's that seems too much of a boundary to cross uh, homeless people or people you know mentally ill people or anything you know kind of people who are I don't know what's the correct word you, you could exploit that for way too easily and you see it an awful lot in street photography particularly homeless people and I don't like that um, it, you know it is exploitative in some way some people say you know give them money or whatever as well but it's still you know just give homeless people money and don't take photos of them So a couple of tips if you are going out and doing street photography with someone else um, and you don't want to get the same photos, uh, if you have the same sort of sensibilities, you use different focal lengths on your camera. You know, so one can be a 35mm or the other person can have a zoom, you know, one sticks with um, you know, like a 70 to 200, which is probably a bit much. I was using a 70 to 200 on Saturday, but like a 55 to 200, a smaller lens or a long lens, and one person uses, you know, like a wide angle lens and stuff like that. One person could uh, just f uh, shoot in monochrome, another person could be shooting for color. So, you know, just try and shape it up or whatever. Or have your rules that you go, whoever sees it first gets the shot, or whatever rules you want to, you know, get up around that kind of thing. Or just not worry if you get the same shot, if the two people get the same shot. Like, it's not, you know, it's meant to be fun, meant to be something to do, something to get out there. And if you end up with the same photo, like, it's not the end of the world. It's just a photo. We could all be good and move on from it and, you know, just forget about it. It's just a photo. At the end of the day, it's just a photo. And the best thing, I think, is don't see it as competition if you're out with people, you know, like, to, to a point, like, have, you know, try to get good photos and, you know, show each other your photos and try and, you know, encourage each other on that, that, but don't be trying to win, because I think that can take an, an awful lot of the fun out of it, anyway. I'm just going to show the different photos that I got from the day. Again, I said I was trying to get it a bit more cinematic. There's some black and white, there's some color, all these kind of things. I, for them, I, you know, I like them, I enjoy them. Not the best photos in the world by any stretch of means, but enjoyable and it was a great day out, whatever. And I'll also include endless ones at the end as well. So the different ones will be labeled by the two different people. So, uh, yeah, so get out and take some street photography.
So that's the end of uh, episode 2 of Adventures and Woo. I hope you enjoyed this one. There was no do magic this time, just because I ran out of time basically at the end of it. I'm just getting used to the whole scheduling of all of this. And the whole um, photography thing was running long anyway, so it's, I still don't want these episodes to be massively long. I've already gone over the 20 minutes that I said it would be in episode 1. So, um, thanks for having a watch, and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. If you want to know more about me, then go to adventuresandwoo.com, and all of the stuff is there. You'll get links to the Ford Servants, to the Facebooks, to the social medias, to the Instagrams, to the Patreons, to all of the stuff as well. And if you would like to support me, then you can, of course, join the Patreon, and you get extended episodes of these podcasts, along with a host of other things that you get as well as... You know, the whole point of you get to support me doing these things so that I can up my game and continue to do them. So good people of the internet, may you have the best beliefs about yourselves that you can possibly have. May your world be filled with goodness because of these beliefs. And may you go into the future feeling better and better about yourself and about life and about surroundings. So until next time, be well. <laughs>